Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma barik ala Muhammadin wa ala ala Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim. So alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward all of the brothers and sisters, those that are here on site, those who join online weekly for this dars of Qur'an. And mashallah, you come out to hear the words of Allah, the meanings of the words of Allah, messages from the Qur'an, guidance from the Qur'an. And Mufti Azimuddin is the one who has been doing this Tuesday night program. It's very awkward for me to be substituting for him today uh, as he is away. But we wanted to not give up the program and maintain the istiqama in continuity. So that is why I'm just going to be filling in. This reminds me about one of the lessons we learned from our elders. That Ahabul amali Allahi adwamuha wa inqalla. The most beloved actions in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those that are, you are consistent in, even if it may be little. So consistency is important. We could have just uh, canceled today's program and said that, okay, today is off. But since, mashallah, all of you on-site, online, are consistent in attending this program, so that is why we kept it, even with a substitute. So our teachers used to give an example of a story of one of our pious predecessors with regards to consistency and not giving up the scheduled a'mal. And this has to do with the Qur'an as well. So from our silsila and our chain of teachers, there was a scholar who is a teacher of our teachers or the grand teacher of our teachers, Mulana Hakim al-Ummat, Ashraf Ali Thani, Rahmatullah So one time, his teacher, Shaykh al-Hind, Mahmoud Hassan, Gangohi, Rahmatullah he came to visit him. And this is common etiquette, that when your teacher comes to visit you, in fact, if any guest comes to visit you, you give them your full attention, you honor them, you make their ikram. So he was overwhelmed that his teacher himself came to Tanabo and came to visit him at his place. And he was naturally in his khidmah, in his service. But then he took permission from him and he said that, I have something very, very important to attend to. If you give me permission, give me a few moments, I can attend to it and come back. So his teacher naturally also having good etiquette, he said that, of course, go ahead, no problem. And then Shaykh Hashab Ali Thani, he went into his room for a few moments, closed the door, and after a few moments, he came back out, and he came back and sat down in the company of his teacher. So Mufti Mahmoud Hassan Gangoy, he was kind of amazed, and he was curious. First of all, what was so important that after such a long time, I, I came for a short period of time to visit you, and you had to leave to go take care of something. And then you, you made such a big deal about it being so important, 
and you just went into your room for literally a few moments and then you came back out. So it didn't seem like you did much. If it was something important, it would have probably taken some more time. So because of his curiosity, he asked his, his student that, I don't mean to pry into your private affairs, but if you could just let me know what was so important, at the same time, it, it was so quick. And if it's personal and private, then it's fine. You don't have to answer the question. But I was just wondering. So Shaykh Ashab Ali Thani, he said that, uh, I would not have told anyone else, but since you're my teacher and asking me, I will answer the question. He said, we learn from you, and we learn from the words of Rasulullah that you have taught us that steadfastness and istiqama in a'mal brings the barakah through the con of continuity. And once you start something, you should not give it up. So this particular hour of my day, according to my schedule, has been allotted and assigned for writing the tafsir of the Qur'an, which he wrote the Bayan al-Qur'an. And naturally, since you are present here, I, your presence overrided my schedule, and I gave that up, and I'm sitting with you, and that's fine. But then I thought to myself that I will lose the barakah of continuity of istiqamah. So I went into my room, and I opened my book, my notes, and I wrote one line of tafsir. Just one line. And then I closed it, and I came back, and I'm sitting with you. That was what was so important, and at the same time, that was what took so less time. Subhanallah. So then the teacher, he made dua for him, and he said, Alhamdulillah, may Allah Ta'ala grant you true istiqamah. So Alhamdulillah, all of you are, are here out of your continuity, your istiqamah. So we can just do one line and call it quits as well. So inshallah I will be reciting these ayat. One interesting sunnah of Rasulullah that we can practice here if you are ready to do with me, all of you. You have to wake up, I'm asking you to join me. Uh, normally listening to tafsir is something very passive, you just sit back and listen. And then sometimes a sakina comes, so-called sakina, you can blame it and fall asleep. Or uh, otherwise you sit back. But I want to ask you to do something with me. So when I, we are, when I was looking at the passage where Mufti Azim left off, I have to continue, there's an ayah of sajda, sajda tilawa. So I was going to read the ayat. When I read the ayat, I'm going to read the ayat of sajda tilawa naturally. I'm not going to skip it. So if I'm reciting it, then it's wajib upon me to make sajda and all of you to make sajda. So this took me back like 25 years ago when we were in class with our teacher, Mona Shabir Ahmad Saluji down Burkatu. He came across an ayah of sajda while teaching us hadith. And then he said that there is a particular sunnah of Rasulullah when he, was, he recited an ayah of sajda, then he went into sajda and the entire Sahaba that were with him in Jama'ah, they made sajda. Then he established this practice and he showed us that making sajda at the time of the recitation of ayah of sajda tilawa is not something which is limited to prayer, which all of us, what do we do? We do 14 sajdas in taraweeh because of the 14 ayats. It's coming up, inshallah, a few days, few nights. 
once again, inshaAllah. So we do the sajda tilawa win in taraweeh. Do you remember the frequent announcement? Please note the imam will make the sajda tilawa in the second rakah. Right? They may ring some bells. So we do that. But the teacher asked us, did you ever practice the sunnah where you are all doing a sajda of tilawa in jama'ah outside of prayer? And we said, no, we never did that. So he said, okay, let's do it today. So we did it that day. And I don't think I ever did it again uh, all these years. I never did it with my students here at Dar Salaam, actually. Come to think of it. So inshallah, we'll do it today. Are you ready? So you are socially distant, right? So when we come to the ayah, just giving you a heads up. When I come to the ayah, I'll grab the mic and I'll do sajda. And those who are listening online, they can all make sajda again. What are we going to do? We're not going to do any rukur or salam. We also practically learn how to do a sajda tilawa. Basically, you say Allahu, it's pretty simple. You say Allahu Akbar, you go down, you make a sajda in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanahu wa ta'ala, five, seven times. Then you say Allahu Akbar and come up. Or I will say Allahu Akbar and you will come up. Okay, inshallah. Then we'll continue because there's more ayats ahead of that. Inshallah. We have Isha at nine o'clock. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قال أراغب أنت عن آلهتي يا إبراهيم لئن لم تنته لأرجمنك وهجرني مليا قال سلام عليك سأستغفر لك ربي إنه كان بي حفيا وأعتزلكم وما تدعون من دون الله وأدعو ربي عسى أن لا أكون بدعاء ربي شقيا فلما اعتزلهم وما يعبدون من دون الله وهبنا له إسحاق ويعقوب وكلا جعلنا نبيا ووهبنا لهم من رحمتنا وجعلنا لهم لسان صدق عليا واذكر في الكتاب موسى إنه كان مخلصا وكان رسولا نبيا وناديناه من جانب الطور الأيمن وقربناه نجيا ووهبنا له من رحمتنا أخاه هارون نبيا واذكر في الكتاب إسماعيل إنه كان صادق الوعد وكان رسولا نبيا وكان يأمر أهله بالصلاة والزكاة وكان عند ربه مرضيا وَاذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ إِدْرِيسِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ صِدِّيقًا نَبِيًّا وَرَفَعْنَاهُ مَكَانًا عَلِيًّا أُولَئِكَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ آدَمْ وَمِمَّنْ حَمَلَ مَعَنُوحٍ ومن ذرية إبراهيم وإسرائيل ومن من هدينا وجت بينا 
إِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُ الرَّحْمَنِ خَرُّوا سُجَّدًا وَبُكِيًّا إن شاء الله بمك سلطلع You don't have to stand in soft, just stand in your place ميثنية أرساز التلاوة الله أكبر الله أكبر فخلف من بعدهم خلف أضاعوا الصلاة واتبعوا الشهوات فسوف يلقون غياً إلا من تاب وآمن وعمل صالحا فأولئك يدخلون الجنة ولا يظلمون شيئا جنات عدن التي وعد الرحمن عباده بالغيب إنه كان وعده مأتيا لا يسمعون فيها لغوا إلا سلاما ولهم رزقهم فيها بكرة وعشيا تلك الجنة التي نورث من عبادنا من كان تقيا صدق الله العظيم so alhamdulillah we had this opportunity to practice upon this sunnah as well. May Allah Ta'ala accept it. So, as we have been continuing Surah Maryam, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala mentions the stories of different Anbiya Alayhim Wasalam. And this was right in the middle. This was right in the middle of the story of Ibrahim Alayhim was, uh, where we left off, or where Mufti Adimuddin left off. Where we're continuing, and I'll just uh, go over the translation once, and then we will go back and try to study it with a little more depth, inshallah. Some of the lessons. We can never reach the depth. All of the knowledge of the world and that pertains to the dunya and the akhirah, Allah has. Uh, kept this deep treasure in the Quran it is the limit of our human intelligence how deep we can go and how much we can extract so in the story of Ibrahim the ayats before where I read from tonight it talks about Ibrahim inviting his father if you may recall giving him da'wah towards Tawheed, towards oneness of Allah as his father was not only a mushrik but an idol maker, idol fashioner who used to make the idols and he addressed him in very beautiful words Ya Abati, Ya Abati, O my dear father and at the end the response is Ibrahim. the father responds and says that are you turning away from my gods O Ibrahim if you don't stop this 
preaching of Tawheed, if you don't give it up, I will pelt you to death with stones. It's not just a normal death, it is a very horrific death, pelting by stones. Otherwise, go away from me, depart from here. Get out. In other words, get out of my home. So Ibrahim he says, peace be upon you. I will ask my Lord, my Rabb Allah, to forgive you. I will seek forgiveness on your behalf from my Rabb. He has always been very gracious and kind to me. And I will turn away from you and withdraw from you. And I will give you up. And I will withdraw from and give up all the false gods that you are worshipping besides Allah, I turn away from everyone. And I will only make dua to my Rabb, my Allah alone, no one else. Perhaps, I hope, Asa means I hope that by my calling out to my Rabb and Allah, by making dua to Him, inshaAllah, I will not be unhappy. Right now, of course, it's very sad. I'm leaving you. But inshaAllah, I will not be sad. Allah will take care of me. Then when he withdrew from them and he gave up his homeland, his family. And he gave up the false gods that they were worshipping besides Allah. Allah says, we granted him his son Ishaq. And we granted him his grandson Ya'qub. And all of them, each one of them, we made them a prophet of Allah. They were anbiya. And we continue to grant him profusely from our mercy. And we granted them and we appointed for them Lisan, Lisan is tongue. Lisan is Sidqin Aliyan. That they had a remembrance throughout times that people would remember them and speak highly of them. And would hold them in high reverence. So Lisan over here is referring to they would be spoken of in high terms. Musa, O Muhammad Sallallahu he is the muhatab, the one being addressed here. O Muhammad Sallallahu do also remember in your book, in the book of Quran, the story of Musa Sallallahu Verily, he was chosen by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا And he was a Rasul of Allah and a Nabi of Allah. We will come to speak about these terms in due time. What is a Rasul? What is a Nabi? What's the difference? وَنَادِنَاهُ مِنْ جَانِبِ الطُورِ الْأَيْمَنِ And Allah says, we call out to him, we spoke to him from the right side of the Mount Tur. The Mount Tur is a mountain in Sinai. وَقَرَّبْنَاهُ نَجِيًّا And we brought him very near to us. Najiya, Najiya, Munajat for close conversation, private, direct conversation. And we granted him from our mercy, Akhahu Haruna Nabiya, his brother Harun as a Nabi. We granted him uh, a gift, Wahabna Hiba, a gift that his brother Harun was also selected to be a prophet. Also, O Nabi mentioned in the book, about the story of Ismail 
Verily, he used to fulfill his promises, very true to his promise. He was also a Rasul and a Nabi. And he used to enjoin upon his family members, he used to command them to perform the salah and give the zakah. He used to inform, he used to command his family members. And in the eyes of his Rabb, Allah, he was mardiyah. He was, Allah was pleased with him. And mention in the book of Muhammad the story of Idris he was also very very truthful Siddiq and he was a Nabi of Allah an eminent prophet of Allah and we had elevated him we had raised him up very high lofty status then Allah says all of these people that these great individuals Allah has mentioned up to this point there are such individuals Allah has favored, showered his favors and his grace upon them. Minan Nabiin, all of these prophets. Min Adam, they are from the progeny of Adam And they are amongst the progeny of those who are carried in the boat of Nuh the ark of Nuh Ibrahim. And they are from the progeny and children of Ibrahim السلام, and Israel and Yaqub السلام, children. وشتبينا, and from the progeny of those whom we guided and we selected. Right? Okay, now if I, I was about to read the, the next part in Arabic, then we're going to have a repeat exercise of sajda. So I'll go to the translation only. When the ayat of the Rahman, when the ayat of the Rahman would be recited upon them, what would they do? They would fall down. Kharru means to fall down. They would fall down. Right? And there's two adverbs here, two hal mentioned. What is the hal? What is the condition? They would fall down sujjadan, in the state of sajda. And they would fall down bukiyan, in the state of weeping, crying. So this is the beautiful condition of the anbiya and the pious of the past. When the ayats would be recited in front of them, they would fall down in sajda and, and, and weeping. However, Unfortunate story continues. After they passed away, then other people came from their descendants, came after them. They forsake the prayer, the salah. To make it dire, to waste it away. And they followed their carnal desires. The same progeny of these anbiya. Great forefathers, but unfortunately this is what the, the descendants ended up doing. They will meet and they will end up facing the repercussions of their perverse actions. They will face غيّة. غيّة has multiple meanings. If we get to it, we will cover. Except for those who make tawbah, repent, they believe and do righteous actions. It's not game over for the descendants that they're all doomed or damned to hell. Na'udhu billah. There is an exception here. If they make tawbah wa amana and believe, wa amila salihan and do righteous deeds, fawlaki yadkhuluna al jannah. These people, even the descendants, they can enter into jannah. Wala yudlamuna shay'a. And they will never be wrong. No dhulm, no oppression will be done to them in the least. With jannah, jannati adnin. Gardens of eternity. 
Those gardens that Allah, the merciful, has promised his servants in the unseen. Verily, Allah is such that his promise is the one that will come true. Definitely. It doesn't go against his promise. When they enter that Jannah, they will not hear in that Jannah any vile talk, wasteful, frivolous talk. Illa salama, they will hear the proclamations of salam. Salamun, salamun, salama. Walahum riskuhum fiha bukratan wa and they will have their provision, their food served to them in the mornings and in the evenings. Tilka al jannatillati nurithu min ibadina man kana taqiyya. This is the garden of delight that we will bequeath, we will grant those of our servants taqiyya. God fearing, who feared Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we can continue transition, but let's see if we get this far, and then we'll continue, inshaAllah. Now, as I said, this was right in the middle of the story of Ibrahim alayhi salam, going back to the beginning. So Ibrahim alayhi salam had so much love for his father Azar, and he was inviting him with so much hikmah and wisdom and shafaqa and love, and most importantly with respect. Because at the end of the day, he's still his father. And he did not address him by his name directly. Ya Azar, he didn't say that. Nor did he say, Ya Abi, oh my father. But rather, he said, Ya Abati. Ya Abati means, oh my dear father. Uh, this is a title of respect. Ya Abati, oh my dear father. And after he invited him, and I believe these ayats were covered, the details of the da'wah that he gave him. Unfortunately, it fell on deaf ears. And his father was not convinced. And this was a, a very sad thing for Ibrahim salam to have to face. So at the end, Azar, he rejects his da'wah. And that's where we start. Ayah number 46. He says, Raghib, normally those who have Urdu background as well know that Raghba is to be uh, interested in something. Do you have Raghba in this food? Means, do you like this food? So he says, And we translate it as, Are you turning away from my gods? Somebody might say, What? Well, how does Raghba mean to turn away from? So that is why in the Arabic language it's very very important that along with the verbs we see what is the preposition that is being used with that verb. The harful jar that goes with the fair. That can completely change the meaning. It can make it opposite. For example, you have the verb da'a. So if you say da'a li zaydin, it means he made du'a for zayd with the lamb. If you say da'a ala zaydin, it means he cursed zayd. He made baddu'a. Change the lamb to ala. And if you say da'a ila zaydin, it means he invited towards zayd. Like da'a ila Allah. So there's da'a ala fulan, there's da'a li fulan, there's da'a ila fulan. So likewise here, raghiba means to have interest in something. But if it's raghiba an with an, it means to turn away from it. So he said, Are you turning away? From my gods, O Ibrahim. Now, 
when Ibrahim was addressing him, what did he say? Ya Abati, Ya Abati. And when the father is addressing him, he didn't say, Ya Ibni, O my son. What did he say? Ya Ibrahim. He did not use the title of love the way the son used it with the father. On the contrary, we see another father and son discourse where the father is showing love to the son in Surah Luqman. In Surah Luqman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةَ أَنْ يَشْكُرُ لِلَّهُ وَمَنْ يَشْكُرُ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِلْنَفْسِ Going on, Allah ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِبْنِهِ And remember when Luqman a.s. was advising his son. وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِبْنِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِذُهُ And he was advising him with love and affection. What did he say? يَا بُنَيَّ O my dear son. He didn't even say, يَا إِبْنِ O my son. He said, يَا بُنَيَّ O my dear son. So this Bunayyun is not Ibnun. Ibnun means son, and Bunayyun means dear son. This is a, a specific form in the Arabic language known as the diminutive form, the ism musakhar. It means beloved. Like Abdun means a slave. Abdullah is slave of Allah. Ubaid means a beloved slave. Jundiyun is a soldier. Junaid is a beloved soldier. So we have Ibnun son, and Bunayyun is beloved son. So he says, Ya Bunayya. Now he didn't even say Ya Bunayya once. He kept on saying it. With every advice he gives them, he keeps on saying, Ya Bunayya, Ya Bunayya. Ya Bunayya la tushrik billah. Ya Bunayya aqimis salata wa amur bil ma'aruf wa al munkar wa asbir ala ma asabah. Inna dhalik min azbil umur. Right? So he says, Ya Bunayya, innaha intakum mithqala habbatin min khardal fatakun fi sahratin au fi samawati wa fi radi ya'ti biha Allah. Ya Bunayya, Ya Bunayya. Oh my dear son, oh my dear son. So this is the... Beautiful advice of the father to the son. And the son's advice to the father was covered. Ya abati, ya abati. Before, last week. Oh my dear father. Now, Azar, uh, when he's responding back, he doesn't say, Ya my son or dear son. He goes straight, Ya Ibrahim. Why are you turning away from my gods? If you don't turn away, I will pelt you to death with stones. This is the severest form of death. Just like adultery is the most serious crime. It is it's a more serious crime than murder. In murder, no matter how a person kills someone, billah, he kills him by drowning, kills him by suffocation, strangulation, by bullet, by stabbing, billah, all of these different ways. Then, first of all, there's no vigilante justice, disclaimer. I'm not saying go out and take the person's life. If there is a proper court system, if there is an Amir al-Mu'minin, if there is a Khilafah Islamiyyah, if there is a Sharia court, and there is a judge, and the witnesses, and the court passes the judgment. Finally, when it goes to execution, which is called Qisas, then the ruling is, لا قوادة إلا بالسيف That you will not reenact the crime and kill the killer the way he killed the person and repeat it exact same manner. Right? That's not what the hadith says, nor the fiqh teaches. The hadith says, لا قوادة إلا بالسيف The only way Qisas, the capital punishment of taking the life of the murderer after it has been proven in the court by the jallad, by the executioner, will be through the sharpened sword. You'll be beheaded. You're not going to start torturing him to death by any other way. In the sharpest sword possible for the least amount of pain, and then, now that I touched the subject, I don't want to go on a long tangent explaining this whole thing. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says very interestingly in the Quran, when the life is taken in Qisas, what does Allah ta'ala say? وَلَكُمْ فِي الْقِصَاسِ حَيَاتٌ يَا أُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ وَلَكُمْ فِي الْقِصَاسِ 
hayatun. For you, in the injunction of qisas, which, what happens in qisas? You kill the person. Allah says, hayat, there is life. How is there life? Preservation of life. When there is qisas enacted, then people's lives will be preserved. And when you're taking someone's life, and then you're saying this is a source of life, then it's not something that's really easy to understand. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْقِصَاسِ حَيَاتٌ يَا أُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ O people of, He didn't say, O people of Iman, O people of Taqwa, O people of, of Hidayah. He said, يَا أُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ O people of intelligence. If you have لُبُّنْ albab intelligence, then you'll appreciate what I'm saying. That's what Allah is saying. That in Qisas there is Hayah. Right? So preservation of life through Qisas, well, actually, there are options there. The family of the deceased can demand qisas or can ask for the diya, the blood money of uh, value of 100 camels, or can forgive for the sake of Allah. Three options. Preservation of the family unit, which is the bedrock of civilization through the had of zina, so that zina doesn't take place and families are preserved. Preservation of the aqal intellect by the had of shurbul khamar, of drinking wine, of 80 lashes. Preservation of property through the had of saraqah, of theft. Of cutting the hand with the proper conditions. If the item being stolen is more than 10 dirham value, etc. All of the conditions are there. Preservation of honor. That if someone wrongfully attacks someone's honor and says that they committed zina when they never did, then they will face 80 lashes. Right. So this, these are the five hudud. Preservation of life through qisas, one. Of honor through qadhaf. Of family unit through zina, the had of zina. Of the intellect through had shurb al-khamar, drinking wine. And saraqa, theft, preservation of wealth, of wealth and property. So all of these things will be preserved in the five hudud, which receive a lot of negative flack from people who don't understand the purpose of the deen. So... The most severe form of death is pelting to death, which is for zina, which is the most severe crime. And that's what he said here. I'm not just going to kill you, I'm going to pelt you to death. That's what the father said. He said, I'll pelt you to death. Wahjurni, you know hijrah? What is hijrah? Hijrah is the migration of Rasulullah. Hijrah is to abandon, to give up. Who is the true muhajir? The true muhajir is the one who does hijrah from that which Allah has forbidden. There's a very beautiful hadith where Rasulullah does a play with the words. He takes different words. There is a common understood meaning. Then he takes the root word and he gives the different meaning. So he says, Al-Muslimu وَالْمُجَاهِدُ مَنْ جَهَدَ نَفْسَهُ فِي طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ وَالْمُهَاجِرُ مَنْ هَجَرَ مَا نَهَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَىٰ So he said, Al-Muslim, you know what a Muslim is. But he says from Muslim, he takes the scene, Lam Meem. He says, the true Muslim is مَنْ سَلِّمَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ مِنْ لِسَانِي وَذِي The one that other Muslims are safe and salim from his tongue in his hand. He doesn't harm anyone with his tongue or hand. وَالْمُؤْمِن, you know what a mu'min is. Who a mu'min? The one who believes in Allah. But he says, no, no, no. The true mu'min is the one amina. Aminahu nas ala dima'ihim wa muwalim. People trust him with their lives, their blood, and their wealth. They trust him. He's worthy of trust. He's a true mu'min. 
And then he said, Mujahid. The Mujahid is the one who fights the enemies in defense of Islam. He said, Mujahidu man jahada nafsahu fi ta'atillah. The one who does the jihad against his nafs in the obedience of Allah. Then he said, Wal Muhajiru, who is the true Muhajir? Not the Muhajir, the one who gave up his homeland. The true Muhajir, Man Hajra Manahallahu Anhu, makes hijrah from that which Allah has forbidden. So he says, Ibrahim Alisan's father, Azir says, Wahjurni, make hijrah good out from here for, for Maliyah, for a long duration of time. So Ibrahim Alisalam, now he responds, the son, what does he say? Salamun Ali. Peace be on you. This is the response of Ibrahim Alisalam. Now there's different types of salam. One is Assalamu qabla al-kalam, right? Assalamu qabla al-kalam, right? Salam before you speak. So that's called the Salamu tahiyya the Salam of introduction, the Salam of beginning the conversation. So is he beginning conversation now? Oh my God, his whole speech is over. We didn't get a chance to go over it. Ya Abadi, Ya Abadi, he gave a whole khutbah. Oh my father, dear father, don't worry, don't worry with the idols, don't do this. I'm guiding the straight path. I don't want you to die in Jahannam, go in Jahannam. He gave a whole khutbah. Now he's been kicked out. Why is he saying salam now? Salam's supposed to come in the beginning. When you meet someone, you say, Salam alaikum brother, and then you have your long conversation. What type of salam is this? This is another type of salam. This salam is a salam al wadar The salam of farewell, goodbye. So, when do you do this salam? You can, in general, when you're saying goodbye, you can make salam al-wada' when you're leaving as well. And in particular, when people act in an ignorant manner and you do not want to get entangled with their jihada and stoop down to the level that they're stooping down to, you can extract yourself from that situation by saying salam and get out. And this is the sifat of what? Ibadur Rahman. The slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surah Al-Furqan. وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا And Ibadu Rahman, the special slaves of Rahman. Everyone is Abdul Rahman. But these are, these are special slaves of Rahman. الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا They are those who walk on the earth in a humble manner. They walk in a humble manner. Right? Uh, don't walk haughtily, don't stomp your feet on the earth. You cannot rip open the earth with your feet no matter how hard you stomp. Don't raise your chest so high. You cannot reach the mountains in height. Allah is saying, walk, walks humbly. These are those Ibadur Rahman who walk on the earth humbly. And when the jahil people interact with them, they say salama. Right? So if you go outside, somebody says, Salam alaikum, don't say, oh, you're treating me as jahil? No, no. This is that when a jahil does his jahala. How does a jahil do his jahala? He's attacking you verbally, he wants to attack you physically, he's cursing at you, he's, he, he's uh, misbehaving. So you don't, you don't stoop down to his level and start responding in a like manner. Rather, you say assalamu alaikum and get out of there. وَإِذَا خَاتَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا So, this means that, what does the salam mean here? The salam means here, even though I completely disagree with you, with the position you hold, I still will not harm you. You are safe from me. I'm not going to harm you. That's what he's saying when he says assalamu alaikum. When we go out speaking of jahil people, 
we don't want to act like a jahil person, nor do we want to end up meeting a jahil person. You just want to stay away. You don't want to be jahil, nor do you want to end up meeting a jahil. That's not a good idea. That's why when you go out, you don't know who you're going to end up meeting, right? And what is the dua of Rasulullah when he leaves the home? There's many duas. One of them is, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min an ajhala o yujhala aliyya. O Allah, I seek your protection an ajhala. That I behave in a jahil manner with someone else. O yujhala aliyya, or that someone else behaves in a jahil manner with me, in an ignorant manner with me. So this is with respect to Ibrahim alayhi salam saying, salama. Now, there is another discussion about why he said salam. And that is the whole question about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam saying, La tabda al-Yahuda wal-Nasara bi-salam. This greeting of assalamu alaykum is specific for the believers. When you address the Yahud and the Nasara, do not say assalamu alaykum. So there is a prohibition of saying assalamu alaykum to the disbelievers. Um... How are you supposed to address the disbelievers? So, because when you say Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, then you are making special dua of, of peace from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you are guaranteeing the safety for the person you're addressing. So, this is specific dua for the believers, not for the disbelievers. So, how are you supposed to address the disbelievers? We have the normal good morning, good evening. Good day. How are you doing, sir, ma'am? Uh, all of that. And if you want to see the Quranic way of addressing a disbeliever, then we find Musa salam, how he addressed Fir'aun. That is a very beautiful passage. Every way, the communication went back and forth. There are so many lessons. Surah Taha is coming up after this. So Musa salam, just this one sentence, when he's addressing Fir'aun, what does he say? Wassalamu ala man al huda. Assalamu ala man al huda. And he says, Salam be upon those who follow the path of guidance. So what is this? It's a conditional salam. So he's inviting him towards the path of guidance. And he's saying that if you choose to follow the path of guidance, then salam upon you. So I hope the salam is upon you because I want you to follow the path of guidance. But he's making a qualified statement. He doesn't just say assalamu alaikum no matter how you are, but rather wassalamu ala manittaba'al huda. And Rasulullah adopted this in the letters that he wrote to the kings. Min Muhammadin Abdullahi wa Rasulihi ila Hiraqal Adimir Rum. From Muhammad, the slave of Allah and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ila Hiraqal to Heraclius. And then he gave him honor. He said, Azim al-Rum, the great leader. But he didn't say, Azim ana, my leader, our leader. Na'udhu billah. How is he the prophet's leader? Azim al-Rum, the leader of the Romans. Your leader, not my leader. You see, he's elevating him, but not too high, too. And then he says, As-salamu ala man al-huda. Right? Peace be upon those who follow the path of guidance. If you follow the path of guidance, peace be upon you. Otherwise, maybe something else. <laughs> Aslim, taslam. Accept Islam, you will be safe. And Allah will give you ajr marratain, double the reward. You will get the reward for yourself and your entire kingdom that will follow you. That's the letter of Rasulullah to Hiraqqal. So, 
Why did Ibrahim alayhi salam say salam? He was, he, was not, he was saying the salam of wada, goodbye. Moving forward, he said, I will seek forgiveness for you from my Lord. There's another question here, objection. That is it permissible to seek forgiveness for mushrikeen? So the answer is, as long as they are alive, then we should continue to seek guidance, uh, dua for their guidance, for their hidayah, for their maghfirah. May Allah guide them, may Allah forgive them. It is only after their fate is sealed and they die on shirk and kufr, then we are prohibited from seeking dua for their maghfirah. Because that is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a very, very big test for those who have family members who have not been guided to Islam, particularly our reverts, brothers and sisters. This is the biggest desire. Allah has guided them to Islam and they wish their family members accept Islam. And we make dua for them as well. So as long as they are alive, we can continue to make dua. Afterwards, it's prohibited. So, Rasulullah himself, with respect to his uncle Abu Talib, who he continued to make dua, who was like a father figure for him. You know Rasulullah's father passed away before he was born. Mother passed away, six years. Grandfather Abdul Muttalib passed away, eight years old. And from the age of eight till the age of Nabuwa, 40 years. And after 40th year, when he got Nabuwa, continued to support him till he passed away in the 10th year, the Amul Huzn, the year of grief. 50 years old, the Prophet was. Who supported him? Abu Talib. Yet he did not die with the kalima. So Rasulullah he said that I will continue to make dua for your maghfirah ma lam unha anhu until I am prohibited by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah in the Quran. Ma kana lin nabi waladina amanu. Surah Tawbah. It is not befitting the nabi nor the believers. An yastaghfiru lil mushrikeen. That they can seek forgiveness for the mushrikeen. Walau kanu uli qurba. Even if they are relatives. After it becomes abundantly clear, they are from the Ashab al Jaheen, from the dwellers of the fire. When does it become clear? When they die. As long as they are alive, there is a chance. So, now the question comes hey, you're not supposed to make dua for the mushrik. Here, Ibrahim is making the dua for the mushrikeen. So it seems like there's an apparent contradiction. It seems like there's an apparent contradiction. However, this revealed book is the revealed word of Allah, Munazzal min Allah. And there are no contradictions in the word of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Afala yatadabbaroon al-Qur'an Do you not ponder and reflect over the Qur'an? Walau kana min indi ghayrillah If this book came from anyone besides Allah, lawajadu fi ikhtilafan kathira There would be many contradictions. But since this is the book of Allah, there are no contradictions. You want to see contradictions? There's Muhammad, you know, Sheikh Didat, and, and then now there's you know, Zakir Naik, all of this, they'll show you contradictions. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Contradictions left and right. In the Muharraf, changed form of the Bible, not the original Bible. So that's because people added from their own sides. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that there are no ikhtilaf, there is no contradiction. How do we resolve this? There could be tansikh, 
or tatbiq or tarjih. There are different ways of resolving contradictions. One of them is tansiq. Tansiq means that you see one practice which apparently is contradicting another command, you just put it into proper time frame. This practice happened before the prohibition. What's unique about this apparent contradiction is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not necessarily resolve all of these apparent contradictions directly in the Quran. Rather, Rasulullah explains, or the Mufassir and the Sahaba, they come up with explanation and they explain it to us. This is how it is. This ayah came first, this ayah came later. They gave us the dates and the times and they resolve it. But in this particular instance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself resolved it in the Quran. He himself explains it. You know, if this question comes, hey, you're not supposed to make dua for a mushrik, why did Ibrahim salam say, Rabbi, I'm going to seek forgiveness for you, O my father, for my Rabbi. He was so gracious to me. Allah Himself explained it in the Quran. In two places, not even one place. In Surah Al Muntahina, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Rasulullah and to the believers that Ibrahim for you in Ibrahim Uswatun Hasana. You have a beautiful example to follow. Follow this. Milla uh, in the way of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Then Allah Ta'ala says, Illa qawla Ibrahim Except for the one thing, don't follow him. When Ibrahim alayhi salam said to his father, La astaghfiranna laka wa ma amnuka laka min Allahim shay. When he said to his father, Oh my father, I seek your forgiveness. Don't take that as a dalil and start making dua for mushrik people, even if they're family members. Allah Ta'ala made that exception. Where? Surah Al-Mumtahina. Surah Al-Tawbah as well. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, مَا كَانَ لِلنَّبِيُّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَيَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا وَلِيْقُرْبَى مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيِّنَ لَهُمْ أَنَّهُمْ أَصْحَابُ الْجَحِيمِ I translated this ayah already. It is not befitting for the Nabi and the believers that they seek forgiveness for the mushrik family members after it has become abundantly clear that they are from the dwellers of the fire. Somebody says, oh, what about Ibrahim? Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا كَانَ اسْتِغْفَارُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ لِأَبِيهِ إِلَّا عَمْ And if you're wondering about Ibrahim seeking forgiveness for his father, that was only because he had made a promise to his father. مَوْعِدَةً It was a promise. وَعَدَهَا إِيَّهِ فَلَمَّا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ أَنَّهُ عَدُوًا لِلَّهِ And then when it was made clear to Ibrahim no, 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 this is an enemy of Allah. تَبَرَّأَ مِنْ he made bara. He said, Oh Allah, I give this up. I will not continue this. He was awahun halim. He was very halim, forbearing, and patient in the one who turned to Allah. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resolved this. This is a big test. And those who are true believers and their family members died without iman, they can take comfort and solace from the fact that this was a test that even Ibrahim salam had to go through. Even Rasulullah sallallahu had to go through. So he leaves and he makes this promise. And he says, وَأَعْتَزِلُكُمْ I'm turning away from you. I'm turning away from you, O oh my father. And Ibrahim salam he made a lot of tests. He, he underwent a lot of tests. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to test him. Right? Do you love your wife more or do you love Allah more? So he left his wife in the desert because of the order of Allah. Without a blade of grass. Do you love your son more or do you love Allah more? He put his, the knife to the throat of his son. Do you love 
your father in your homeland more or, or you love me more inni muhajirun ila rabbi i give up my i make hijrah from my town from my family how about do you love yourself more or do you love allah more he jumped into the fire he said hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil allah will take care of me he passed every single test that's why allah ta'ala says wa idh tala ibrahima rabbuhu bi kalimat remember when allah tested ibrahim with test upon test upon test fa atammahun he successfully passed all the exams imagine allah saying he passed he passed fa atammahun qala inni ja'iluka lin nas imama allah said now i'm going to confer upon you the imamah and leadership of all mankind till the day of judgment the yahud say you are their forefather patriarch abraham the nasara say you are their leader the muslim say you are their leader even the mushrikeen arab would say we are the descendants of ismail ibn ibrahim jannaka lin nas imam we made you the imam of all people so here he gives up his home and he gives up the false idols sometimes people have to make this difficult choice if we have a family that is supporting us in the deen we should thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that allah has not given us this test there are so many examples of people who are thrown out by their family members from the time of the anbiya in this case nabi allah khalilullah ibrahim to the sahaba musab ibn umair radiyallahu anhu the one who had the wealthiest and the most expensive clothes of the wealthiest man who had the most expensive clothes of makkah and he would have the perfume smelling fragrance the most expensive fragrance after he would pass by for hours they would smell the remnants of the smell that he would the fragrance from their itar he would be wearing they would say oh musab ibn umair has passed through here yet he was thrown out naked because of islam allah so these are the tests and then he says wa'ad'u rabbi i will make dua to my lord I hope that Allah, He will not leave me unhappy. Inshallah, I trust in Allah. He'll take care of me. What happens? When He left them, He left the false gods. What Allah said, We granted Him. Ishaq, His son Ishaq. So He left His family, right? Allah Ta'ala gave Him another family. Now if He has, who was granted a son Ishaq, the son didn't just come out of thin air. Where did the son come from? That means He had a, a wife too. that's included in the package that means he got a wife hajar and wife sara and he got children ishaq now these children if they become disobedient children that's another curse so they were not disobedient children they're beautiful children kullan ja'alna nabiyya they're as good as you can get they became nabis right they became anbiya you know someone said oh my son is a hafiz my son mashallah is qari my son is this my son is uh, honor roll mashallah he has a bumper sticker my son is an honor roll student How about this my son is an abi of Allah So this of course not anymore doors and who are closed don't get any wrong ideas uh, but i'm saying Ibrahim alayhi salam Allah gifted him a son and that son was an abi Allahu akbar Ishaq and then what happens is he's given the glad tidings that he, of his grandson as well that means he knows but he may not be around to uh, alive to see it because he's getting his children in old age But he's been told that not only is Haq he's going to live he's going to have Yaqub your grandson is going to come too he's going to be a nabi of Allah So these are the gifts from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they all were made anbiya wa habna lahum min rahmatina we gave them more and more blessings from our mercy and Allah ta'ala made them lisana sidqin they had a very beautiful remembrance in the people that came after them 
This is exactly the dua that he had made. It's mentioned in another surah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ibrahim alayhi made the dua, وَجَعَلْ لِسَانَ صِدْقٍ فِي الْآخِرِينَ Oh Allah, make it such that people remember me positively afterwards. Here Allah accepted the dua. And he says, that, وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُمْ لِسَانَ صِدْقٍ عَلِيهِ Now, moving forward, Allah Ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْ فِي الْكِتَابِ مُوسَى Why don't you remember Musa alayhi salam also? Don't forget about him. إِنَّهُ كَانَ مُخْلَصًا He was among those who were selected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You say, isn't mukhlas sincere? Small difference in the harakah. Mukhlis is the one who is sincere. And mukhlas is the one who is selected by Allah ta'ala. One is the, well, we about the grammar here, but one is ism one is ism fa'il. Active participle and passive participle. Mukhlas is the one who is selected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was chosen by Allah ta'ala. وَكَانَ رَسُولًا نَبِيًّا He was a rasul and a nabi. These terms are used a lot. Rasul and nabi, we use them interchangeably. Just like in English, we say sometimes we say messenger, sometimes we say prophets, right? Like the Sirah books, they'll say, the, you know, the prophet of Islam, or they'll say the final messenger. We use these terms a lot. So, Rasul comes from Risala. Risala means a message. Rasul is the one carrying the message. So, literally, the translation of Rasul would be messenger. And Nabi comes from Nab'un. And Nab'un means to give a prophecy. And a prophecy is a news of the future. A news of a few, the future event. It's the Nabun. What are they asking you about? They're asking you about the great prophecy of the future. They have difference of opinion. Is the day of judgment coming or not? That's the Nabul Adi. So Nabun is future event. So the Nabi is the one who prophesizes about the future event. He tells you the day of judgment is coming, Jannah is coming, Jahannam is coming. So the one who prophesizes about the future event is a prophet. So prophet would be the translation of Nabi. A messenger would be the translation of Rasul. Right. So Nabun is a future event. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu in a beautiful description of the Quran. Part of the description, he says, فِيهِ خَبْرُ مَنْ قَبْلَكُمْ وَنَبْءُ مَنْ بَعْدَكُمْ وَحُكْمُ مَا بَيْنَكُمْ He says that this Qur'an has خَبْرُ مَنْ قَبْلَكُمْ Accurate historical accounts of the people prior to you. وَنَبْءُ مَنْ بَعْدَكُمْ Accurate 100% prophecies of the future that is still to come. وَحُكْمُ مَا بَيْنَكُمْ And most wise and just rulings and injunctions for the present. So he covered the past, future, and present. So in the past, it gives you correct, accurate historical records. What happened to the past Anbiya? It gives you prophecies of the future, and it gives you injunctions and ahkam for the present. So Nabi is the one who gives the prophecy. So this is with respect to the literal translation of the word. But if you want to go deeper, what is the meaning of Nabi and Rasul? So Nabi is the one who is sent, who insanun ba'athahullahu lihidayat al-khalq. He is a recipient of divine revelation and he was selected by Allah for the guidance of humanity. That's it. This is the general term, Nabi. How many Anbiya were there? Approximately 124,000 Anbiya. A Rasul is a higher rank. Amongst the 124,000, there are only 313 Rasul. And a Rasul is the one, of, on top of being a Nabi, he also is a recipient of specific revelation. He gets a book. Like Torah, Zabur, Injil, Suhafa Ibrahim, or Musa. Or he has his new sharia, or he's sent to a new qawm, a new nation. He has added responsibility. That is a rasul.
Whereas a Nabi would be just reminding the same people. Like in the Bani Israel, they had the same deen, the same sharia, the same book of Torah of Musa alayhi salam. He comes to just remind them. I'm not going to demote the rank of a Nabi, but I, we definitely will promote the rank of a Rasul is over the Nabi. So we have 124,000 Anbiya, 313 Rasul. And from the 313 Rasul, then we have the four highest ranking Rasul. They are known as Ulul Azam min al-Rusul. Fasbir kama sabara ulul azim min al-Rusul wa la tista'ajil lahum. Allah Ta'ala commands Rasulullah Sallallahu be perseverant and be steadfast like the Ulul Azam prophets, those who had determination. Who are these? They are four. Nuh alayhi salam, Najihullah, who said by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And we have Ibrahim alayhi salam, Khalilullah, the friend of Allah. And we have Musa alayhi salam, Kalimullah, who spoke to Allah Ta'ala. And we had number four, Isa alayhi salam, Ruhullah. Who, his, his, all the ruh come from Allah, but his ruh was directly implanted into the womb of his mother, Maryam alayhi salam. Alright. When the angel came and blew into him, the ruh was put into the, the womb of Maryam alayhi salam. You covered it already in Surah Maryam. Alright. Faja'ah al-Makhal. As soon as the ruh was implanted, what happened? Makhal. She went straight into labor. Do you know she did not have a full nine-month trimester, trimester, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester? No. She never had nine months of pregnancy. As soon as the angel came, she went straight into labor, by the way. So, so the thing is, he is Ruh Allah. So these are four prophets. Ulul Azam min al-Rasul. And then you'll say, hey, what about Muhammad Rasulullah? Yeah, he's not in the rank. How can he be in the same stuff with anyone else? Are you serious? He, he is on top of these four. You can't put, include him in four. He's on top of the four is Muhammadun Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Habibullah. And very interesting fact is we find the symmetry, this pyramid, it goes up slowly, slowly on the top of this pyramid is we have 124,000 Anbiya from them you go slow, smaller group is 313 Rasul from the smaller group Ula Azam 4 on top of the four is Rasulullah the pinnacle of this pyramid. We have another pyramid in Hajjatul Wada. How many Sahaba were there? Oh my God, same number, 124,000. From the 124,000 Sahaba, how many were the Ashabul Badrin? Ashabul Badr? Allah has looked upon you, O 313, and said, Antum you are free. If do whatever you want, Jannah is wajib upon you. There are how many? 313. From the 313, there were four. Al Khulaf, Ittaba'u Sunnati wa Sunnatul. Khulafa Rashidin, the four Khulafa Rashidin. How many are there? Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. Just like we have four Ulul Azam, we have four Khulafa Rashidun. And who is the master of these four? Muhammad Rasulullah. So any pyramid you start climbing, when you reach the top, you find Rasulullah. So this is the whole discussion of Rasul and Nabi. Wakan Rasul and Nabiya. Allah Ta'ala says, We call out to him. On the right side of the Tura mountain. So he was coming back from Madian to Misr with his wife. And that's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called him on the Mount Tur. And he tells his wife, it was cold, it was dark, and they were lost. His wife was pregnant. And he says that, uh, I see a fire. I'll go bring some fire. Maybe somebody can guide me because we're lost. Some, there's a fire burning, somebody lit the fire. Somebody lit the fire, we can ask for directions. There's no GPS. In the middle of the desert, Musa was his pregnant wife. 
Alright? So he goes there. Falamma ataha. When he comes to the fire, he's kind of, he's very, he's very uh, uh, struck by the sight. Because he sees a bush. And the bush is lush and green. It's bright green. And at the same time, it's fully in combustion, it's burning. So it's a burning bush and it's a green bush. And he's looking at it, while it's burning, it's never, first of all, it's supposed to be dry to burn. But it's, it's green burning. Well, you can light up a green tree too, but it's not going to remain green for long. What's going to happen? It's going to completely turn black. But this bur uh, bush is green and it's remaining green and it's burning at the same time. So he's looking and scratching and saying, what in the world is this sight? He's looking at this burning green bush. And then what happens? Nudiya Musa. He hears a voice. And this voice is not coming from any direction, from all around. This omnidirectional voice. You know, it's not unidirectional. You know, it's all the sides coming. He comes from all around and he says, and he says, Ya Musa, inni ana rabbu, faqla'na alayk, innaka bilwadi al-muqaddasi tuwa, wa ana akhtartuka fastami' lima yuha, innani ana Allah, la ilaha illa ana fa'budni, wa aqimi salata li dhikri. This is what he hears. Surah Taha, these ayats are there. Ya Musa, O Musa, inni ana rabbu, verily I am your Lord. Take off your shoes. Right? This is where we begin the discussion in the tour. When we have the interfaith to our respected guests, we remind them of the Prophet Moses. These are the shuraks. Take off your shoes. Right? So, so Allah Ta'ala addresses Musa salam and tells him, take off your shoes. So this is the communication that happened. That is another day for Surah Taha. Over here it just says, we spoke to him at the mountain tour. Najiyah. We brought him close and we spoke to him. Najiyah. Najiyah is private conversation. Now Musa is Kalimullah. So he spoke directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had that level of communication that no other Nabi had. Except for of course who? Rasulullah. Can anyone be Rasulullah? Absolutely not. Afdalul khalq. He's the best of the creation. Sayyidul awwaleen. Sayyidul akhireen. Afdalul khalqi ajma'een. Sayyidul mursaleen. Khatamun nabiyyeen. Rahmatul lil alameen Sallallahu alayhi wa So that is why He's at another level There's an ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this uh, About directly speaking Allah ta'ala directly did not speak to anyone Except for Musa alayhi salam That's why he's given the title Kalimullah And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa In Mi'raj Fawha ila abdihi ma awha Allah directly spoke to him he came very near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah. Now what happens? Allah Ta'ala says, we gave him as a gift from our mercy, a brother Harun as a Nabi. The scholars say, no one has done, you know, help push the resume of someone, did shafa'a intercede on behalf of someone, give a recommendation letter for anyone, and help anyone out as much as Musa helped Harun alayhi salam. Because he literally made dua for his brother to become a prophet. He said, Qala Rabbi Shrahli Sadri, O Allah, expand for me my heart. Wa Sidli Amri, make my task easy for me. Wahlul Uqtatam Mil Lisani, make the stammer that I have in my tongue easy for me to speak, overcome that uh, speaking handicap that I have. Yafqahu qawli, so when I go to speak to Firon in his court, they can understand what I'm saying. وَجْعَلِّي وَزِيرًا مِّنْ أَهْلِي Grant me a supporter from my family member. Haruna Akhi, my brother Harun. 
Strengthen my side through him. Make him a partner in my affair. We will make your tasbih in abundance. We will remember you in abundance. This is what we'll do, O oh Allah. It'll be good. Then you will see us and you'll be happy to see us how we worship you together. Then Allah said, Oh Musa, I'll grant you what you want. So Harun alayhi salam, Harun alayhi salam, why wasn't he thrown in the, in the basket that ended up in the river in the palace of Pharaoh? Because when Pharaoh saw the dream and his astronomers told him and the Nujumiyun and the astrologers and the dream interpreters told him that a child will be born in the Bani Israel is going to end up taking your throne. He started the mass killing of the infants, as we all know. He kept on killing all the newborn babies. Keeping the girls for servants and keep killing off the boys. But then it ended up negatively impacting the economy because it was a reduction in the slave labor which was required for his projects. So then they said, we can't continue this because we need the, we need the slave labor. We're killing off all the slaves. We need fresh young blood. And he said, oh man, I can't do this. He said, okay, I'll just take a chance. I'll kill him one year, let them live one year. Hope for the best, hopefully. So one year stop killing, one year killing. Harun was born in the year they're not killing. Musa was born in the year they were killing. Why in the world did that happen? Allah wanted to show that you plan all your planning and I'll show how I plan. If Musa was supposed to be the downfall of Firaun, he could have been born in the year when they're not being killed, right? Easily? No, no, no. Allah planned it that he was born in the year they're being killed. And Allah planned that Firaun himself would be raising him. And if he planned himself, subhanAllah, that his mother will be getting paid to, to suckle her own baby, etc., etc. That's beautiful planning of Allah. So he was an older brother. But Musa made dua and he became a prophet of Allah. It is uh, the time for salah is approaching. We'll conclude quickly here. So this Harun was a gift from Allah to Musa That is why we talked about the different titles of the Anbiya, the different kalimat. The first part of the kalimat is the same. La ilaha illallah. Adamu Khalifatullah, La ilaha illallah, Nuh Najihullah, La ilaha illallah, Musa Kareemullah, Ibrahim Khalilullah, Is, you know, Isa Ruhullah, Ismail Zabihullah, Dawud Khalifatullah, you know, we have all of these kalimas. So we have Harun and Hibatullah. Harun alayhi salam was a Hibatullah, the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's good for the Ismail, remember Ismail alayhi salam as well. Innahu kana sadiq al-wa'al. He was true in fulfilling his promises. All of them fulfilled their promise, but this was a unique attribute of Ismail How did he fulfill his promises all the time? Whenever he made a promise to Allah, he fulfilled it. Whenever he made a promise to the creation of Allah, he fulfilled it. One example of each is when he made the promise to Allah that I will be patient at the time of the sacrifice, he didn't flinch when his father was pushing the knife down his throat. And Allah Ta'ala changed it with a ram from Jannah, as we know. And the promise he made to human beings, he made a promise to a human being, I will meet you at this point. The person forgot, he stayed there for three days, waiting for him, etc. Just the same, same story happened in the seerah with Rasulullah This is an con- uh, uh, attribute of the believer, that he fulfills his promises, a man of his word. Ya amanu, lima taqulun, oh, those who believe, why do you say that which you do not do? This is a major sin. Fulfill your promises. In fact, Rasulullah said, this is a sign of a hypocrite. Signs of the hypocrite are three. When he makes a promise, he breaks his promise. 
when he is given an amana, he he does not discharge it, but he violates it. And when he speaks, he lies. That's the first one, in fact. May Allah Ta'ala make us among those who fulfill our words and promises. Rasulullah said, Al-Idatu Daynun, making a promise, this is a debt. And Sadiq al-Wa'ad. He used to invite his family members towards salah in zakah. SubhanAllah. Well, this is a lesson for us that we have to not be concerned only for our own guidance, but for our family and for the entire humanity. Starting with our family. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs Rasulullah sallallahu Command your family members to perform salah. Be constant there in yourself. Save yourselves and your family members from the fire of Jahannam. This is what he did. He used to command his family members. So not only we preach the deen, but we implement it in ourselves and our family members. Become an example for others to follow. So this is a wake-up call for us as well. That we have to not only implement the deen in ourselves, but have concern for the guidance of our family members. He had concern for his family members, would invite them towards salah and zakah. Why is salah and zakah? Salah is ibadah, badaniya. Zakat is ibadah, maliya. One is a physical worship, one is a financial worship. And that covers everything. Then you have that which is murakkabun baynahuma, composite of both, hybrid. Which one is that? Hajj. Right. He was beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will continue from here. We have a few, few minutes for brothers to make wudu. Inshallah. Unfortunately, I did not even get to the sajda ayah. We had the sajda exercise. Hope it got our um, blood also flowing and spiritually. Inshallah, we will, or will continue, or we will continue, inshallah, the next passage. In conclusion, let us remember all of these stories on Bi'ana Salaam. They're not bedtime stories. I hope it didn't make you fall asleep. Uh, you know, but rather, they are عِبْرَةٌ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Allah Ta'ala says, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ Indeed, in the stories of the Anbiya Alayhi Wasallam in the Qur'an, عِبْرَةٌ لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Lessons for those who have intelligence. مَا كَانَ حَدِيثًا يُفْتَرَى They're not fabricated, they're not made up. وَلَكِنْ تَصْدِيقَ الَّذِي بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ They testify to the truth of the previous scriptures. تَفْصِيلَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ There's details for everything that you need for your guidance. Allah Ta'ala says, don't get so enamored by the story of Yusuf, rags to riches story, but for under and reflect over the lessons. So all of these Anbiya that we spoke about, each one of them in their lives, they are lessons for us, for us to follow and implement. May Allah Ta'ala grant me and you and all of us a tawfiq to make amal. الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا
أشهد أن لا إله إلا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الله أكبر الله أكبر لا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله 
أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله سوّع تدلو Please turn the lines. Please turn on the blue tape. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yawm Al-Din. Iyaka Na'abudu wa Iyaka Nasta'in. اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين طه ما أنزلنا عليك القرآن لتشقى إلا تذكرة لمن يخشى تنزيلا ممن خلق الأرض والسماوات العلا الرحمن على العرش استوى له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وما بينهما وما تحت الثرى وإن تجهر بالقول فإنه يعلم السر وأخفى الله لا إله إلا هو له الأسماء الحسنى وهل أتاك حديث موسى إذ رأى نارا فقال لأهلهم كثوا إني آنست نارا لعلي آتيكم منها بقبس أو أجد على النار هدى فلما أتاها نودي يا موسى إني أنا ربك فاخلعن عليك إنك بالوادي المقدس توى وأنا اخترتك فاستمع لما يوحى إنني أنا الله لا إله إلا أنا فاعبدني وأقم الصلاة لذكري إنني أنا الله لا إله إلا أنا فاعبدني وأقم الصلاة لذكري الله الحمد لله رب العالمين 
الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إن الساعة آتية أكاد أخفيها لتجزى كل نفس بما تسعى فلا يصدنك عنها من لا يؤمن بها واتبع هواه فتردى وما تلك بيمينك يا موسى قال هي عصاي أتوكأ عليها وأهش بها على غنمي ولي فيها مآرب أخرى قال ألقها يا موسى فألقاها فإذا هي حية تسعى قال خذها ولا تخف سنعيدها سيرتها الأولى واضمم يدك إلى جناحك تخرج بيضاء من غير سوء آية أخرى لنريك من آياتنا الكبرى اذهب إلى فرعون إنه طغى قال رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري واحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قوني واجعل لي وزيرا من أهلي هارون أخي واشدد به أزلي وأشركه في أمري كي نسبحك كثيرا ونذكرك كثيرا إنك كنت بنا بصيرا قال قد أوتيت سؤلك يا موسى الله سمع الله لمن حمدا
that gardens of eternity that Allah has prepared, Jannatu Adil, gardens of eternity, never ending blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His servants. Whatever promise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made is most definitely going to come to pass. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never breaks His promises. Whatever promise Allah ta'ala has made, it is 100% certain that He will fulfill His promise. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this wa'ada 
and made this promise that he will grant his loyal servants the Jannah to Adin, the gardens of eternity. In the description of the garden here in this ayah, there are many beautiful ayahs throughout the Quran that describe the Jannah. Allah Ta'ala says, لَا فِيهَا They will not hear any love, any vain talk, any fruitless, any frivolous, any backbiting, any hatred, any, any effects of jealousy, any uh, insults, any, anything that is harmful, that is hurtful. These types of things we have to face in this dunya, on the receiving end, it could potentially be hurtful, and we have a test to forgive the person, not to reply in the like manner. And on the giving end, this is a major sin that we have to protect our tongue from falling into. The verbal insults and sins of the tongue. But all of these sins of the tongue, they will not continue in Jannah. In fact, even though there will be different ranks in Jannah, there will be no animosity amongst the people of Jannah with each other, the dwellers of Jannah. They will not have any jealousy or hatred with each other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about this in the Quran. Before entering Jannah, what will happen? They will go through a cleaning process, purifying process. Allah Ta'ala says, وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِمْ مِنْ غِلٍ وَنَزَعْنَا مَا فِي صُدُورِهِمْ مِنْ غِلٍ إِخْوَانًا عَلَى سُرُورٍ مُتَقَابِلِينَ وَنَزَعْنَا means we will remove مَا فِي صُدُورِهِمْ in their hearts whatever غِل, hatred, animosity, negative, wrong feelings. Whatever feelings they are in their heart that are wrong, they will be removed from their hearts before they enter into Jannah. They will become إِخْوَانًا, true brothers, sitting on their thrones, mutaqabilin, facing each other and enjoying the discussions and meals and feasts of Jannah, insha'Allah. Allahumma ja'alna minhum. So, they will have la isma'una fiha lahwan. They will not hear any love. The only thing they will hear is salama. Salam to each other. Salam, this salam that is in Jannah, there are three, three levels of this salam. One is the salam of Ahlul Jannah The salam of the people of Jannah to each other Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this in the Quran as well Da'wahum fiha subhanaka Allahumma Wa tahiyyatuhum fiha salam Wa akhiru da'wahum an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen That da'wahum fiha subhanaka Allahumma They will be, their dua when they are in Jannah will be subhanaka Allahumma This is the dua of the people of Jannah The dhikr will continue in Jannah وَتَحِيَّتُهُمْ And their greeting of the people of Jannah to each other وَتَحِيَّتُهُمْ فِيهَا سَلَامٌ They will say salam to one another. So the people of Jannah will be saying salam to each other. So this is a very beautiful blessing to hear the salam from the Ahlul Jannah. The dwellers of Jannah who are higher than you, the Nabiyyin, will be saying, Siddiqeen, the Shuhada, the Salihin, they'll be saying salam to us. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself will be saying salam to us, inshaAllah. So this is تَحِيَّتُهُمْ فِيهَا سَلَامٌ this is the salam of the Ahlul Jannah for Jannah. The dwellers of Jannah to each other. The second level, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Jannah to Adni yadhudunaha wa man salaha min abaihim wa azwajihim wa dhuriyatihim wal malaikatu yadhuduna alayhim min kulli bab salamun alaykum bima sabartum fa ni'ma uqbadda. Subhanallah. This is the second level. The second level is, Jannah to Adni, the gardens of eternity, they will enter it. Man salaha in the righteous ones, not the sinners. May Allah protect, not the disbelievers, but the, the righteous ones. Min abaihim from their parents, 
وَأَزْوَاجِهِمْ Their spouses وَذُرِّيَاتِهِمْ Their children So having the family members close to one another is such a great blessing We will be there in Jannah as well Insha'Allah And when they're going with their whole family parents, spouses, children entering Jannah وَالْمَلَائِكَةُ يَدْخُلُونَ عَلِيهِمْ The angels will be entering upon them in kulli bar from every door and the angels what will they say سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ سَلَامٌ upon you بِمَا صَبَرْتُمْ for you were very patient in your worldly life. How beautiful is the final abode. Second level. It just gets better. The malaikar, the innocent creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, la ya'asoon Allah ma amarahum wa yif'aloon ma yamaroon. They never disobey Allah in the least. They do exactly as they're told. Innocent, beautiful creation of Allah. They will say salam. And finally, the third one, salamun qawlam min rabbir rahim. Allah, the most merciful Allah himself, he will be sending salam on his servants and he will be saying assalamu alaikum so what could be uh, better than that that is the ultimate bliss when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with his servants that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he describes the blessings of Jannah Duhur, Khusur this and that Anhar all the blessings of Jannah at the end he says وَرِدْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرٌ وَرِدْوَانٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرٌ the greatest blessing is the ridwanum مِّنَ اللَّهِ the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is الْعَظِيمُ this is the greatest success so achieving the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inni radin ankum la asqatu abada. I am pleased with you. I will never be displeased with you. So this is the blessings of Jannah. The salam of the Ahlul Jannah lil Jannah. Salam of Malaika. Salam of Rabb Azza wa Jal. As a means of encouragement for us uh, to continue to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Protect ourselves from his disobedience. And to be successful in this test and trial of life. May Allah ta'ala give us all tawfiq. أخذ عن حمدان